Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. To another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Tired Smugglers 3. As we got distracted before recording tonight, uh, it is Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. Besides us being tired, how's everyone doing? Hello. Ready to talk uh, some more Star Wars Rebels. What are you saying there, Derek? Uh, I was just going to say I'm doing all right. Uh. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, uh, just a little business. Feel free to leave us an email at wookie at wookieradio.net or leave us a, a voicemail on our speak pipe on the website at wookieradio.net. Check out our affiliates, Ripped Apparel, Superhero Stuff, Loot Crate, and TV Store Online. Supporting them supports us, and it's free to you. No additional cost. Or you could go check out our T Public Store on the store link in the menu bar, and that's where you can get our latest design, the Porg, or Porg, it's what's for dinner, t-shirts. So, um, as Ken said, we're going to talk a little Star Wars Rebels. Uh, the second to last two episodes of the season, and we all wish we were in California for the sneak peek of the final two episodes that was aired, but we will wait till Monday just like everyone else. So uh, I think Derek, you got us. You're starting us off with uh, "Wolves in the Door," which was Wolves the first in episode. the Door, which is a, an odd title, kind of, but appropriate. Um, so, of course, our crew wants to get to the Jedi Temple, as we learned in the previous episode, and uh, it's uh, it's like all the way on the other side of the planet or something, isn't it? Yeah. Basically. Yes. Or it's in, the extra, it's in the far north, I believe. Yeah, in the far they're, north. I think they're in the south. So, yeah. They're in the south, planet. yeah. The upper hemisphere. So, how are they going to get to the planet? Well, this is uh, an interesting one. The uh, Loth Wolves come and help them out. Now, I'm trying to think. I was just thinking a minute ago. What would you rather have, the gliders or the loath wolves as <laughs> as to travel with? After seeing this episode, I'd almost rather have the loath wolves. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. You go to sleep and you wake up wherever you're at? Yeah, after kind of sinking into the grass. That was interesting. That was mm-hmm. that was a trip. And I liked uh I liked how uh, I liked when the uh the one the last wolf that had uh, Zeb on it and Chopper was standing next to it and the wolf just grabbed Chopper in his jaws. Yeah. Yeah, Chopper's bouncing around saying, hey, well, how do I go? How do I go? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. It was, it was in, they all got their own wolf to ride and uh, I liked it that um, Zeb wasn't too sure about riding the wolf. Yeah. So 
they get to the Jedi Temple and they find out that the uh, the Empire is excavating excavating it. Excuse me. Uh, and uh, like here on StarWars.com, it says uh, that Dave Filoni was clearly inspired by Raiders of the Lost Ark, which, uh, looking at the picture, you can see that as they're overlooking the excavation site. It's uh, definitely pulled right out of the movie. Yeah. Out of Raiders. Oh, that yeah. That was awesome. Very similar to, to the whole that whole Raiders thing. Yeah. Kind of expect someone to be melting their face off soon. Yeah, actually. I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> Uh, And then uh, uh, Ezra and Sabine decided to go undercover and uh, as a couple of biker scouts and uh, infiltrate the site uh, where they ran into a few problems along the way, which is interesting. Um, There was one part where they were looking at one of the containers um, or wait, what was it? It was uh, was something they had pulled out of the excavation site. And uh, the Imperials came across them and uh, started questioning them about what they were doing. And uh, we got to see the Death Troopers again. That was interesting. Oh, yes. yeah. And have you noticed the majority of the Death Troopers seem to have more of a female-ish voice? A little yeah, bit. actually, yeah. I did kind of notice that. It's funny that you can, uh, we've mentioned this before, but on the Rebels cartoon, you can kind of understand them a little better than you could in uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, the Rebels cartoon is interesting because Stormtroopers in general, you can hear a lot more distinction between the voices. Last week, we forgot to point out, did you recognize one of the Stormtrooper voices? And you could actually tell who the actor was. Uh, Go back and listen to last week's episodes, and you can distinctly hear Dave Filoni doing one of the voices. Oh, really? They they modulated it, but not enough. that It was definitely Dave doing the voice. (laughs) Interesting. I think... I know. I totally missed it. Yeah, I did too. It was either that one or this one. I don't remember. I think it was last week's. Yeah, it was probably. Yeah, it probably was last week. And speaking of familiar voices, oh uh, yes, we had uh, a certain uh, emperor return, uh, played voiced by Ian McDermott. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he had an interesting scene with Minister Hayden, who was in charge of the ex- excavation site. Which I have trouble keep having trouble saying. <laughs> did, did you catch um, who the Did you catch who the voice say, was? Hayden uh, was a guest star. Also, it's Malcolm McDowell. Oh, I totally missed that. Uh, oh, of course, it says right there. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, <laughs> my cat. Derek's got his loath cat <laughs> yeah. visiting. Uh, um, so what was interesting about that scene was when he was talking, when uh, the minister and the emperor were talking, the emperor was was uh, talking about feeling the death of Kanan uh, in the Force. So, which leads me to wonder, did, he felt Kanan's death. Did he actually know that Kanan was alive this whole time? I think maybe well, he, after he was made aware that there was a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And every once in a while, I mean, it's never been said otherwise, but I've always wondered how much does the Emperor actually foresee and stuff? And how much he's do, is he using fortune teller tricks? Yeah, I mean... How accurate is he, really? A lot of times what they do in, like, comics and stuff with people who can who have vision and stuff is they get kind of a, like, a general vision. Yeah. Like, not a real specific one. So they kind of get an idea what's going to happen, but they don't know the details exactly. 
then I kind of feel like that might be what he ha- what he gets. Right. So so he knows he knows kind of what's happening, but he doesn't know exactly what's happening. Yeah. What's going to happen? Well, the but, uh, op- the opposite of that would be maybe he does see more because um, the entire first episode from last week before J- Kanan died, it seemed that he had actually seen exactly what was going to happen because he he made a lot of uh, said a lot of goodbyes in that first right, yeah. episode. Unless he just knew just that he was going to die and that was it, like not how exactly he was going to die and all that. Yeah. It was almost like, okay, the training that he never got ended up being complete. Yeah. At yeah, that point of, in time uh, that he, he had become a full-fledged Jedi at that stage. Mm. So uh, the Emperor seems a little disturbed by the, the temple and by Kanan's death and everything. So that was that was a very interesting scene, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Ezra and Sabine move deeper into the excavation site, and they come across a mural of uh, up on the wall, uh, some with some interesting things in the mural, um, including some loath wolves and uh, some three, familiar forms, actually. Uh, yes. Um, excuse me for a second. No problem. Yeah. Well, I, also, I, I isn't this it, the first time? Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, have we ever heard these three referred to as the Mortis gods? Because before they were the Mortis trilogy, or the, the they were the Mortis beings and stuff. We had never actually got a title for them, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't think I ever heard them referred to as the Mortis gods before. Until the I think the Emperor says it on this, doesn't he? Or is that um, Hayden that says it? Uh, might be Hayden. I think okay. it is, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's kind of interesting, actually. Well, another, not just that, but also the Emperor, when he's talking to Hayden, talks about how um, they're looking for a portal, a place between life and death. Right. So that there's a reason that kind of legitimizes why has the Emperor been looking so closely at Lothal this whole time? Mm-hmm. Something has told him there's something here. Which I've been wondering about myself. Mm-hmm. So so with the mural of the Mortis gods um, and surrounding them are some loath wolves and uh, a few other things. And uh, and uh, as Sabine is using that tablet that the loath wolf, the real life loath wolves gave to Ezra to, to help... Um, She's using her, her artistic knowledge and code-breaking skills to try to find the answers to this mural and this tablet. And Ezra starts tapping into the Force to to get to figure out what the mural means. And as he's trying to do that, uh, Sabine has to has to deflect a couple of uh, stormtroopers that come up and start asking questions. And uh, they question her, and they don't like the answers that she gives. So, as if that was a surprise. Yeah, is it, yeah. Um, so she takes them. She says, uh, "What? What did she say?" Um, she tells them straight up, "Take me to the boss. Take me to the commander." Yeah, she, basically. You gotta love how she tries to bluff her way through it all the way up to the top of the food chain. Yeah, yeah. Well, she she gives a well. This is because of such and such a thing, and they're like, uh, "This is not a military operation. That doesn't work." Yeah. Here. And then they they ask her why you know why she veered away from her patrol and all this, and so they you know the stormtroopers take her away to go take her to the boss. Meanwhile, uh, oh, and the whole time uh, the rest of the gang is up on the on the the ledge above 
looking down and watching what's going on. So as Ezra's as Ezra's trying to tap into the Force and figure out what's going on with the mural, the mural starts moving on its own. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the Mortis gods, which is kind of funny calling him that, but it makes sense, I guess. Uh, he points off in a direction, and the Lothwolves start moving away. And Ezra follows the Lothwolves. And the, the Lothwolves move down the rock face, and they start running around in a circle at a certain point. So yeah. I heard something. <laughs> There's some weird noises going on in my house right now. It's the Mortis guys. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. I'm getting scared. <laughs> <laughs> But you do have a so, bad cyclone or boom cyclone yeah, in your area. I know. I was. That's what I'm afraid. I'm worried about a tree popping through my window at any second or something. Like a scene kind right of, out of Poltergeist. Yeah, thanks. That's <laughs> what I needed to hear. <laughs> uh, but uh, so so as the the Lothwolves start running around in a circle around on the wall, forming a sort of oh, I guess you could say portal. Uh, Ezra, Ezra walks through the, the portal, the gateway, and disappears. And as I mentioned, uh, the rest of the gang, including Hera, are back up on the ledge watching and not understanding what's going on. So there was a there was a great part where uh, at one point you could see the, the ghost of Kanan put his hand on Hera's shoulder. Uh, and that was, a, that was a good moment. Yeah. That was a really good moment. Yeah, that was that was really cool. But the the cool thing was, uh, and, and you touched on it briefly before show. And I, I think it was a, a key element of this episode is um, something new is introduced. Ah, yes. And and we discover that once Ezra, who escapes into into the portal to keep from getting captured by the by the stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And, and that's we discover. Touched, I was gonna say we discover time travel. So Derek, I'll let you continue with that. All right, you want me to, to continue yeah. on that one? Yeah, because we're now at that that stage in the episode. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. So as as enters the portal. Uh, sorry, the. All right, there we go. Uh, the, the Imperials uh, are jamming our. Our Wi-Fi's big time tonight. We don't know why. Yeah, big, yeah. <clears throat> it's that new so when you go boom to, cyclone technology. Yeah, I'm still worried. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so as uh, he, he enters the portal, and he finds himself in a vast netherworld of pathways and portals. Uh, and the Imperial Minister called it a pathway between all space and time. And then uh, he said, whoever controls it controls the universe. Dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So he didn't say exactly like that, like that but still. So uh, as he twirled en- his mustache. Yeah. Which he didn't actually have. Uh, as he enters through the eerie space, he hears whispers of people from the past and the future of the entire Star Wars saga. Yeah. Uh, including think- Qui-Gon. What? I was going to say, I thought it was cool that they used the actual audio track of Alec Guinness yeah. for the older Obi-Wan line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, there was also Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Princess Leia, Yoda, and even Kylo Ren. Yeah. Which is really cool. Uh, and that's when uh, 
he reaches a portal showing a scene from the finale of a previous Rebel season when uh, Ahsoka Tano was dueling Anakin Darth Vader Skywalker. Uh, he also sees himself as a younger man, which confirms that it is indeed the battle he win- witnessed in the past. And then Ezra crosses the threshold and pulls Ahsoka out of the fight and into the netherworld to save her from Vader. So now, apparently, time travel is now a part of Star Wars canon. Which, if you couldn't figure out, has upset some people. Some fans. (laughs) But the thing is, this was a concept that that came from the old EU. I know. So, I mean, um, this, this is what kills me. The fans complain that the EU is not canon anymore. But then when things are pulled in from the original EU, they're upset because, oh, it's a new concept. It's like, no, it's something that already been brought about, that you're complaining about, that they're kind of, it makes sense to add, and now you don't like that. So you're being given yeah. parts of what you want slowly, maybe not in the manner you want it, but you're getting those elements and, and you're not liking what you're getting. Yeah, in the 2006 novel Bloodlines, uh, Jason Jason Solo and Ben Skywalker are able to use a rare power called flow walking to view but not change the past and the future. Uh, and Jason goes back to see his grandfather, Anakin, being trained by the Jedi Order. So it's not like they pulled it out of nowhere. Well, that's this is not a new concept anyway. If you go back to, especially viewing the past and the future, all the way back to Empire Strikes Back, when Luke gets a vision of um, what's happening on Cloud City, and Yoda right. tells them straight up um, through the Force, visions you will see, friends long gone, um, things that are yet to come, and he tells them the future's always in motion, and um, he doesn't say you can't mess with the future. He said don't mess with the future because you don't know what it's actually going to, what the actual outcome is. Right, right. But he never says you can't mess with it. And that brings past. us that brings us back to the emperor as well, as we were just discussing the extent of his visions of the future. So we don't know for sure that he might not be able to do the same thing. But uh, you know, anybody who's a fan of Doctor Who knows what happens when you mess with the timeline mm-hmm. or Star Trek, or <laughs> so it's not it's not that ridiculous really to have it and we still don't know for sure what's going to happen now yeah and really it's as much uh, um trans-dimensional thing as it is a time thing because it right. seems like this whole area is outside of space and time mm-hmm. that's why you're able to go in and out of the portals to any just about any time you can find right right so here's what kills me so there, there's a, a twitter called r.i.p star wars which I have a few things to say about that, but I'll keep them to myself. We've already and said it ch- many times. <laughs> yeah. And they tweeted out, To say I'm not at all enthused by the introduction of time travel to Star Wars is a monumental understatement. To expect Disney to use it artfully and responsibly is ridiculous, given recent efforts. Perhaps this really is the death spiral. It's kind of depressing. <sighs> now... Hey, all you got to say is haters going to hate. I know. That's what's depressing. (laughs) Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Get over it, people. Move on. Well, I kind of just said it myself. You complain that the EU is no longer canon, which it never was to begin with. 
right to now stuff's being added and you're not happy because it's not the way it was done in the original EU deal you're getting your cake learn to eat the cake as well <laughs> you're getting both so you're getting you know you're wanting chocolate cake sorry it's chocolate buttercream not chocolate ganache big whoop ganache. yeah I mean I but anyway let's move on <laughs> so uh, that pretty much covers the first episode right yeah. Well, yeah, and um, a lot of the second episode, but there's some really cool stuff that Dave Filoni has sprinkled into Rebels since the beginning that this last episode here, the World Between Worlds, brings a lot of stuff together that, people, that you may not realize it actually brings together. Things like, um, remember uh, back when Kanan was made a Jedi Knight? He went into that training room with a training Jedi, and he had the um, armor and the helmet like what Kanan ends up with later. Mm, well, right. this shows how he was able to pop. Because remember, he went into the Jedi Temple in Lothal, where there, where um, Ezra's at now, and then ended up in that place. Well, how'd that guy show up? That that was Kanan moving through time to that dojo. So he actually did um, take the final test from an actual Jedi Master. It was him using this same world between worlds. It just we didn't see this part of it. Um, there's other spots that, um, like we said, this shows Ahsoka um, being pulled out. So she actually did. Um, Dave Filoni said at the beginning of the season, we will definitively know what happened at the end of uh, season two, wasn't that? With yes. Ahsoka and Vader. We well, will definitively know what happened. Well, this well go- we know with that. Go ahead. This goes back to uh, celebration too, when you know he comes out for the rebels panel to show us the first episode of the season. He's wearing the Ahsoka Lives question mark shirt, yeah. and then when he comes back out, there's pictures online of him sh- wearing the Ahsoka Lives exclamation point shirt at the end of the you know when he comes back out after the end of the showing of rebels and then when we get to the press conference he's back to ahsoka lives question mark so he teased she lives and of course there's um someone i am friends with from the skywalkers or skywalking through neverland facebook group uh her daughter feloni told her uh at the end of at the I think it was at the celebration in Anaheim in 2015, told her that Ahsoka lives, and she kept it secret even at celebration. Nice. Because they question, you know, because Mark Daniels, who's you know one of the MCs of one of the stages at celebrations, essentially tried to bribe her into, why don't you tell me? And she goes, nope. Yeah. So well, she, there's, she there's kept it. If- she even kept it secret from her mom. Yeah. Well, there's a secret. If you want to really get any information out of Filoni, have a little kid ask. <laughs> he, Otherwise, he'll duck, dodge, bob, and weave. <laughs> oh, did you not listen to the Rebels press conference that, that I recorded? Yeah. From He has learned. He is a master of ducking the question. Oh, he, he ducked it all big time. Well, it's part of the job. That's right. Yep. But um, we do find Ahsoka is alive. Um, and as of right now, they have not written any more of her story other than knowing that um, where we see that looks like at the end of that season two episode, it looks like Ahsoka is walking down a hallway or walking out a dark hallway. And that is actually where she steps back into the timeline. So when she leaves well, this world between worlds, she goes back to that Sith temple and is walking away. But is she in that Sith temple at their present time? No, or- it's actually back. 
as far as I know, and um, uh, Dave Filoni made it sounded like she actually is back on the original timeline still. So she's on her timeline, so, yeah. But after the Battle of Vader, yeah, when she was already done with Vader, so it's right after that, basically. So, so you never I know. Get, we may ha- she may show up for the last three episodes because the last episode, or the finale, is an hour and a half long. It right. is one episode. No, it's two episodes. Well, no, technically it's three episodes, but it okay, runs wait. together as a one and a, one and a half hour episode. Well, kind of like the way the last two set last weeks and this week's have been I mean, two parters, right? So, um, but the real reason that we learned this world between worlds was to allow Ezra really to say goodbye to Kanan because he realizes if he can pull Ahsoka out of that battle from a a year or two ago for him, he could probably pull Kanan out right before he dies also. Right. Mm. So he goes, finds the portal as Kanan's about to die. And then as he's about to do this, Ahsoka finally catches him and tells him straight up, hey, this is where Kanan's supposed to die. If he doesn't die here, he doesn't push you guys out of the way, and you all die. Right. And he chose. Um, he chose his moment. Uh, that to be the basically, like I said, he went out like a boss. Well, he chose his moment to be a boss and say, you know what? This is the line in the sand, and no one moves. You don't get past this. If right. you take him out of that, you ruin that for him. You destroy what that everything that that moment meant. Right. So she was able to talk him down and say that you got to let him go, <clears throat> which is that's actually the old Jedi code still coming through to her. Remember Yoda? How many times told Anakin and everybody else let go of attachments? Right. To make the right choice for the greater good of everyone, you can't make the choice decided on what you want to do or you and one person. You got to look at the whole, not the one, the single, which is a tenet of the Jedi Order from centuries. Right. Which is, that's why they had written, like I said, why they had said that they, there was no attachments to all these things. They went they went way to the extreme of it. But the, the original kernel of the idea was right. So um, that was kind of awesome about it. And just everything in this episode was phenomenal. Um, but like I said, we know Ahsoka's running around out there somewhere. Ezra does finally come back. Um, but also we do see, as Derek was saying, that the Emperor finally gets a look into here also. Yeah. And as soon as he does, you know that he he's look you know he's looking because he actually calls out Ezra and Ahsoka. And yep. how he can't step through the portal, but he knows it's there because he's able to um shoot fire at them from the portal and chase them out. But you can tell this is the, some this is the whole reason the empire's on Lothal at all was to find this temple and this world between worlds, this portal to get into it. And also, this world between worlds is um, similar to in DC Comics. Mirror Master has this mirror dimension, and a lot oh, of other ones yeah. have this alternate dimension to where it's one place with hundreds or thousands of doors. It's been done over and over and over again in sci-fi and fantasy and horror that you have this like pocket dimension place that um, you can get in and out of in all kinds of different places, just depending on if you know where the doors are at. Mm. Well, that's what this is. That's why the Emperor can see it from um, Coruscant now that he knows he's looking for it. But this is one of the places where they knew the door was at. So that's why they're excavating the temple to find this door. Um, let's see where, uh, what else was there that was really cool. Uh, we do find once Ezra finally closes the door, um, and everything, the dust settles, Ezra ends up waking up with the rebels to find, um, and everything's gone. They're on a flat plane, no, um, no grass, no, no excavation, no anything. And the loath wolves are there, but, um, but they look and find that, um, where the temple was, it's all flat plain now. Every bit of it's been wiped away. So they, obviously that door has now been closed. Right. Permanently. Um, the other one that was actually kind of just cool that I pulled out of the trivia gallery 
for um for this episode and the last episode that um let me see if i can find the right am I on the trivia gallery nope i'm on the regular episode gallery give me half a second let me see if it's in this one if not i'll have to go back to the last episode well i don't remember if we brought it up the world between worlds has a very much stargate ish feel to it as well yes yeah the and they look and the portals look like stargates it's all connected that's Marvel. Literally. We'll get to that in a minute. Literally. Well, technically, you know, Star Wars, Marvel does Star Wars comics, so. Well, that um, Minister Hayden, or um, they look kind of familiar a little bit to Star Wars. A, a lot of people said, were wondering if that was the who we see at Vader's chambers in Rogue One. The original mm. version of the story, it is. In the original version of the story, Haydn was supposed to be um, Vinay, which is the attendant from Vader's castle. But yeah. um, they had changed it just so it makes it easier to, uh, for the stories and stuff to leave them totally unrelated. But it's not the first time we've seen people like this. If, remember, in Return of the Jedi, the Emperor had his attendants that look, they were dressed in these robes like this. Right. He has these ministers and guys that are running around and doing things for him. Well, and, and the one minister from Return of the Jedi looked like the one that he had with him back in the Clone Wars, or Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. Well, that's <clears throat> we've seen um, in this even that people like Masamita are still around. Right. He's still the Emperor's oh, right hand. Oh, right, man. yeah, yeah. Which is interesting considering um, they've never – um, discounted or removed the idea that the emperor is very xenophobic, very humans first, but Masamita is still his right hand man. Right now, the, in all the old EU, that's one of the reasons like that Thrawn was way out in the outer reaches and things like this because the emperor was humans only. That's why the empire, um, the imperial navy was all humans. They were fine using Wookiees and stuff for slave labor, but that's it. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that would be, uh, but I don't know how they're going to go in the future of this. They've never said either way. And if you, in the current timeline of what the emperor is about. Yeah. So, yeah, Rebels is looking awesome. Next week we got that hour and a half. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I've seen the preview on StarWars.com, and it looks awesome. And it brings everything together. Are you going to hold back the tears, or are you just going to let them go? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to try real hard. But I don't know. Was there anything else you guys you pulled out of this, Mike and Derek? Um, the Owl. Was it Moya? The, the Moya? No, it's a Conquer or Conjure. Yeah, but it had a name. I don't remember that. Uh, it's at the bottom of one of the episode guides. Let me bring it back up. Um, uh, I just don't remember what what they named her. Oh yeah, um, Morai. The Morai, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and they mentioned that he mentions that that was with Ahsoka earlier in the episode or earlier in the season, and on top of that. It was on the Mortis drawing of the Mortis gods. Yeah. And wasn't that on um, Sabine's armor? Yes, they had put that in there a couple times. Also, going back to the Clone Wars, that was, that um, remember the Mortis, the Mortis gods could change forms. And the sister, I believe, turned into the owl a couple times. Yes. Mm. And the owl was representing her both. Yes, I believe so. So I mean, it, that that all was a little interesting. Yeah, like I said, this Floney's actually bringing it all together and actually tying up loose ends, um, both Clone Wars and Rebels loose ends. Yes, I mean we which got which is awesome. That that's why you choose to choose when you're going to end it. Right, and ending on top. Yes, is is the way to do it. Uh, which I'm ups- 
still a little disappointed that this is it and he's not going to keep going. But I think right now I'm more disappointed that they they had to quickly bring it to the end. They're not letting yeah. it. Mm. They're not well, letting it. Really? They didn't stretch it out over the over the season more. Yeah. Well, really, this is uh, um, you can and compared to Clone Wars, this one is aimed more towards kids. This has awesome stuff, and it is Star Wars canon all the way through. But the right. uh, the cost or the char- the character design, the animation style, everything's younger, looks more like for kids. And four seasons for a kids show, you're already two seasons more than they usually get. Right. Because mm-hmm. kids, you want they get super into something for about six months, then it's time to move on. Yeah. So, and you know, Dave Filoni, um, I watched on the Star Wars show, they were showing some of that um, screening that happened out in L.A. of these episodes. And he said on there, he's not going anywhere. He's not done telling stories. Right. He's already, you know, he's already working on the next, um, what it's coming next. And and that probably, we're not going to see it on cable. We're not going to see it on Disney Channel. We're not going to see it anywhere. It's going to be on that new Disney streaming app. Right. Right. Which by and the t- question is, will it be uh, animated or live action? Well, we know we're getting at least one live action and at least one animated. Exactly. So, <laughs> I still would like to see, and especially since Ahsoka's alive, I would love that new animated series would be sweet to be if that was Ahsoka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or let Dave take a crack at doing one of these movies and do a, either an Ahsoka movie or just anything he wanted to do. Because as far as we know, he's still the only... Um, only storyteller in Star Wars that I know of that actually um, apprenticed under the master. Right. Well, there, there he was is, trained by George is, Lucas how to write Star Wars. There is one other, and that's Lucas's one daughter who was a writer on the Clone Wars. Yeah, but, then but she's again, not working for the company anymore. I don't think. I don't know. I've not seen her writing on any of this. Yeah. Well, for that fact, I think Jet came in to do some some work on Clone Wars also. Possibly George's yeah. son. So, <clears throat> but Filoni was trained directly by George Lucas on how Star Wars works. Why right. do you think Filoni? No, they never say it, but I, I guarantee Filoni's pretty far up on the story on the story group. Oh yeah, he's they probably a, run stuff by him re- re- regularly. I, I'm sure Filoni is is a part of story group. Yeah, well, there was oh, yeah. not a coincidence that he was on set for um, the Last Jedi and some of these other movies that are being made. That he's, they have him doing set visits. That's well, not a coincidence. No, well, he needs it for whatever projects he's working on. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I'm wondering if they're not looking at him possibly to do something live action. His entire history is in animation, but storytelling is storytelling. Right. Right. So if you can tell a good story, and obviously we've got six seasons of Clone Wars and four of Rebels, and um, not to mention all the work he did on Avatar before that, Last Airbender. Yeah. The guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. <coughs> With without a doubt, he does know what he's doing. Oh yeah. And oh, anything yeah. that's got his name on it, I'm all on for, I'm all on board for it. Bring it more. Well, I'll tell you someone else who knows what they're doing is Marvel and Jordan D. White with the Star Wars line. Um three years in and Marvel Star Wars is still growing by leaps and bound. Um, and of course, it's all overseen by Marvel editor Jordan D. White, and of course, yeah, he who yeah he oversees the creators of the various titles, negotiates with Lucasfilm, and in that is regular visits to Skywalker Ranch. Lucky him! Oh yeah, I'm jealous. Um, 
So with Last Jedi still in the memory banks and Solo coming up, uh, Newsarama had a great little Q&A with them. Uh, so they start off their first question. Jordan, let's start off slow without giving away any spoilers. Can you reveal an interesting piece of Star Wars research you have done lately for your job here? Maybe bring up your search history on Wikipedia. He goes, I don't know. Not that I can think of. Wikipedia is a fun site, but I don't use it a ton. It's not official. It's but fan run. So, okay. So it's not official, but it's it's a resource of official information. But I know there's a... Well, as Mark Winnett told us uh, when we were chatting with him through Facebook at one time, um, the his character in Attack of the Clones... He was allowed to create the backstory on that character, which is on Wikipedia. So there's a few elements on there that are canon. Well, yeah, all the canon stuff's on there, but Lucasfilm doesn't get any say on what is actually there, what's not. Right. So all the canon stuff's on there, but all the non-canon is also there. But the nice thing with Wikipedia is they actually, it seems like they're making an effort, and they'll mark on their listings what's canon, what's not. So if you have Thrawn's listing on there, they actually have him, um, they have all the canon information for Thrawn, and then underneath that, they'll have non-canon, they'll have all of his old information, all in the same article, just separated out so you know right. what's actually in there now and what's not. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a smart way to go. Um, but like they said, it's not official. Just like Wikipedia is not official. Now, Newsrama then mentioned, you know, the line has really expanded with four ongoing series. Yeah, I guess that is right. Star Wars, Vader, Afra, and Poe. Um, one shots and then miniseries like Thrawn. Uh, you were there day one when this launched. How does that match up to with the plans Marvel had? Uh, Jordan's response was, I would say pretty good from what we expected. We probably did a few more than we did in the beginning. We started with three series, including one mini, which was Star Wars, Vader, and then the Leia mini. So what we have now is more than expected. We knew a main Star Wars book was warranted. Uh, we were quick to do Darth Vader with uh, Karen Gillian. Um, when that ran its course, we brought Vader back in the new volume in a different era, which is what we have now, which has been referred to as year one. Uh, unofficially, um, but he said, you know, he's been very happy with um, with where things are going. Then they go, what, what's the biggest surprise coming out of Marvel's Star Wars line? Uh, Jordan responds, I didn't expect Santa Solo to be as big <laughs> as it got. Same with Afra. <laughs> um, and when, when Karen Gillian started writing Afra. Uh, it was out of necessity. The title needed someone who could talk more, say things, be humorous, and challenge Vader about things. She needed to be some someone readers would hopefully like, but is threatened not to live through the series. When the series began wrapping up, we thought, Carrion included, she's going to die, and that's all there is to it. They sat there for months, and then Carrion sent us an email. Because I figured out how to save Afra. <laughs> so... Thank you, Kyrian, for saving Af Afra. <laughs> um, then Newsrama came out. Uh, here we are. Uh, we're here talking just over two months since The Last Jedi came out. Uh, two comic book one-shots have touched on the series of events in the movie so far. Um, and that I'm sure there's more to come, but I have to ask... Critical reception to The Last Jedi as being much more than just a Star Wars movie. How does that 
uh, embolden or guide you and your authors with what the comic books are. Uh, he goes, I, I, he said he absolutely loved the movie. Um, it was a great direction. With because I know the prequels are contentious and there are a lot of people who don't like them much. They're not my favorite part of all the Star Wars movies, but those in the Clone Wars as well are incredibly rich with a lot of world building. Um, Last Jedi took advantage of that. In fact, that The Last Jedi, in a way, movies hadn't before hadn't grapples with what the Jedi are, were in the prequels. When we match with the original trilogy, the Jedi are presented in an idealized form. Uh, so he continues on. Uh, he goes, I can't say anything about what it'll be, but we're having a very strong, a very exciting world as writers, artists, and editors doing more stories set before Last Jedi. There's a lot we could play with, even more so than what happens in the future movies ahead of time. Because figure right now, there's only one book that's taking place in the current trilogy, and that's Poe Dameron. Um, actually, actually, that's even right before the current trilogy. That's right. It is. Is Poe still going? Yes. Wow. It's uh, yeah. It's getting close to, to issue twenty four, I think, which marked two year, almost two years. Because there's been a few months where it's been doubled up. Mm. Um, a couple years in, how do you know? How would you frame how close you counsel with Lucasfilm and the Star Wars Story Group on big decisions? Uh, are you just co-workers or, or friends? Do you know their children's names? Do you exchange gifts over the holidays? Uh, and Jordan goes, I don't think I know their kids' names. I know all their names, and I met at least one of their spouses. We work really closely with Lucasfilm. Which, I hate to say it, is probably why the Star Wars title is the best-selling title at Marvel Comics right now. <laughs> you mean maybe because it has the direction? Yeah. Um, we've got a thematic <laughs> crossover between Star Wars and Vader coming up. So, okay, another summer crossover series, which I'm liking this idea. Uh, we have Vader Down, which was great. We got Screaming Citadel, which was last year, which was great. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen now. Um, they each place in different times, but are both set on the same planet, Mon Cala. So that became an interesting one where we need to map out the history of the planet, which meant pulling from the Clone Wars cartoon, the prose novels, and even some unreleased Clone Wars stuff that's still canon. Uh, chatting with, chatting, or charting what happened there after the rise of the Empire, after the first Death Stars blew up, etc., we created that timeline for Mon Cala. Uh, it's a very neat crossover that Charles Soule and Karen Gillian are doing. It's a novel way to share space. So that's, that's kind of cool. It's, it, it sounds like it's going to be very similar to the old, uh, blood ties, Boba Fett blood ties stories from Dark Horse where it's Boba Fett, it's a Boba Fett and Jango Fett story, maybe set in the same area, but at different time periods. Mm. Um, so, uh, I'm going to jump ahead some. The Star Wars main title, which your Darth Vader team of Carrion and Salvador have seamlessly taken over from Jason and other artists, uh, Jason Aaron being the writer, you're nearing issue 50. What are your goals for the series as a whole? How big should a Star Wars 50 be? 
He goes, we're definitely aware of number 50. The plans for that were actually in Karen, Karen Gillian's initial pitch to join Star Wars. He plotted it out to be a big, big story and a turning point for the series. I don't want to say anything much yet, but it's probably the biggest story in scope that we've done since the start of the flagship. Oh, interest. Uh, so Newsrama says, okay, let me poke around. Do you have plans to stay in the timeline or in the time period between four and five? Or could readers see a jump at some point? Um, Jordan says there's a good chance we could move out of that time period. It's a matter of where we feel the best stories lie. So we could do we jump ahead for time constraints. Um, then uh, speaking of jumps, Solo, a Star Wars story comes out in a few months. I know you can't make any announcements here, but you already have made a Solo collection of older material coming out. How much Solo talk is there these days at Marvel HQ? I've seen lots of stuff, but I can't say anything about it. That said, I'm so excited. The last time we were at Lucasfilm, we were shown stuff that made us pumped for the movie. Very pumped for the movie. Um, Then the big picture goals for Star Wars in 2018... Which Jordan replies back, my big goal is to tell the biggest Star Wars stories we can to make people feel like they're watching a new movie. I think they we've got the right people to make it happen. Uh, Karen Gillian is a planner. Everything he he's doing builds upon itself and is building to something bigger. Uh, Charles lo- also loves to plan ahead and he loves big arcs. He's getting into the so into Vader. That's a little bit scary. He's got big plans for that guy, and I hope people dig what the what they are when it's all released. Over at Dameron, we just revealed that with issue 26, we're finally arriving at The Force Awakens. We get to tell the story of Force Awakens from the point of view of our book's main characters. After that, who knows what will happen. Hmm. So, future looks bright at Marvel. I like it. Now, if the rest of the company can figure out how to get back on track. This is true. But there's more. Oh, yeah. But wait, there's more. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, wait. Um, how about a character from the 70s and 80s under the original license? Um, this is quite possibly the number one requested character to get into, to be brought into comics ever anywhere, I think. To be brought from co- the old comics into the new. It's becoming canon. Not just brought in, but actually being made canon. Now, we talked about... Mm. We, we talked about the Tag and Binks, right? Yeah. Um, and supposedly... The fact that they might be in Solo. Or no, they are in Solo. They are in Solo. So, but the... But I'm seeing some people question, um, are, are they... Are they canon? I mean, is the original stories canon? Because Marvel's got a trade trade paperback coming out that's collecting the different stories from the Dark Horse era. Well, we'll know when that comes out. If it has a Legends banner, then they're not. Right. Which right. <laughs> all, all we've seen is is the cover art without the, the markings. We haven't seen the actual Marvel title on it, how it's titled, etc., so we don't know if it's Legends or, or not. Because if it's Legends, it's going to have the Legends banner on it. But the characters are canon. Whether those stories are or not, we don't know. But this character is going to be canon. So could eventually pull into a book. 
could potentially pull into the new animated series, depending on when it's set, could potentially appear... In episode nine? Maybe. <laughs> I would I would love to see this character walking in the background in the solo movie. <laughs> That's what I want now. And uh, wait, I just realized people don't know what character we're talking about. Yeah. Well, courtesy of IDW and the Star Wars Adventure comic series, a certain Leppy smuggler, smuggler, a.k.a. a green rabbit, is making his return to canon in the Star Wars Adventure comic, and that would be Jackson. For many years, Jackson was a very odd addition to the franchise, but he only showed up in a handful of early issues. Uh, However, the Star Wars Adventure comic series is considered official canon, so Jackson, an official character, so is Jackson an official character in the ongoing Star Wars universe? Short answer, yep. This makes sense, because this character really doesn't look like a Star Wars character. But you're yeah. talking about an entire galaxy. Yeah. There's probably Little Green Martians, what we consider Little Green Martians, somewhere in that galaxy. Well, ETs are... Yeah, uh, ETs are there. ETs are officially canon. Because they true. were in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Marvel got back into publishing comics, as we mentioned, back in 2015. And, that, and for a fun variant cover, which we talked about with John Tyler Christopher... They put Jackson on Star Wars number one as a wink to hardcore fans. Um, and I love the realism JTC gave Jackson in this. Um, but Jackson hadn't been seen or heard since then. But that's all changing. Uh, and I, IDW CCO and editor-in-chief Chris Ryall had this to say. And if you want to have that feeling of 80 Star Wars comics with your kids... Our Star Wars Adventure series is going to feature an appearance by Jackson this spring. But I want to say Jackson, all his stuff was between 78, uh, 77 and 79. I don't think he appeared beyond that. Did he? I don't know. I I've not read very much know. of the original Marvel run. Somebody I don't double, think so. Somebody double-check Wikipedia. This is, this is where Wikipedia becomes helpful to some extent, because I yeah. have when things debut. Now... Jackson took on a job in the original Marvel comics from Han Solo as part of the Starhoppers of Aduba 3. The Starhoppers were a mercenary force given the job of defending the small village of Ankara um, after the Starhoppers were finished protecting the community from cloud, raider, cloud riders. Their group was then forced to battle the behemoth from the world below. Thanks to Han Solo's efforts, the giant monster was killed. As a result, Jackson was able to obtain the money he needed to repair his ship, even got into some Luke Skywalker adventures later on in the short run. Uh, it's unclear how Jackson will be utilized. Hopefully, if they're talking soon and the story's coming out now, hopefully he'll be involved with the uh, with that three-issue solo arc coming out around the time of starting around free comic book day. One can hope. Yeah. Okay, let's um, see here. I have it up. Um, affiliations with the Starhoppers. Let's see. What what it's all years was the character? Act? Yeah, that's what I'm looking now. I'm looking to see where they got it. Okay. Personality relationships behind the scenes. Well, what um, he was created by Roy, Roy Thomas and Howard Chaikin for use in Marvel's Star Wars um, eight. Um, was the first issue. It was Howard, issue eight. Howard Chaikin, that figures. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Episode eight was still, or issue eight was still seventy seven. This is the first year, so yeah. Because the first book came out April of uh, April seventy seven. It was in episode or issue sixteen, which would have been seventy eight. Yep. Well, I know he had like two or three more stories after that. Yeah, I'm flipping through. While you're flipping through, I'm going to finish this up. Uh, Uh, Here we go. I got it right here. Sorry. Um, He was in uh, Star Wars episode or issues 8, 9, 10, 11, and 16. Okay. So basically 78. Yeah. Yeah. And then non-canon, I guess, was Darth Vader and Friends, whatever that is. Oh, that's he's in that. um, That's the children's books that are out. That's um, Darth Vader and Son and Darth um, Darth Vader and his little girl or whatever it is. Oh, oh right. I have one or two of those. I need to get the rest of them. Those are actually kind of cool. Now it's not clear how Jackson would be uh, utilized, um, but Easter is right around the corner, and the series is for all ages. (laughs) (laughs) Which I wonder how much longer before Star Wars. Star Wars Adventures comes to Marvel since C.B. Cebulski is very pro all ages now. Mm. Uh, Jackson might become the green galactic Easter bunny for a few pages. Either that or he may team up with his old pal Solo for a new adventure. Again, there's the three issues. Yeah. It's the free comic book day. Then I believe issues 10 and 11 or 11 and 12. Um, Possibilities are endless, especially in the adventure comics. Since just about anything goes. So, uh, for some, the news of Jackson's return is exciting and a piece of their childhood. Yes, it is. For others, he really just does not fit anywhere and is often cast off as the black sheep of the Star Wars universe. He's not a black sheep. He's a green bunny. <laughs> but, who, <laughs> but who knows? He may the, be able the to black redeem himself. on the other planet. Yeah. He may be able to redeem himself in the, in the new Star Wars adventure comic or possibly Ryan Johnson is working on a Jackson trilogy. Okay, that, no. I don't want a Jackson trilogy. <laughs> I want Jackson maybe in that trilogy, but it does not need to be a Jackson trilogy. Um, so, yeah. Me, personally, I'm excited for this. I can't wait to see what he looks like in the because the adventure comic has a younger uh, style artwork in it, too. Yeah. So he's going to look awesome in this. He he will. Now, speaking of books, um, where my website go? There it is. From SWBooks.net, they help us with the releases of what's coming out. Tuesday, March 6th, we have The Last Jedi and The Last Jedi Novelization. We also have The Last Jedi Movie Storybook. The Last Jedi Read Along Storybook and CD. Forces of Destiny Volume 4, The Ray Chronicles. I have missed number three for my daughter. She's got one or two. I know that. Oh, sure. It's for your daughter. No, it is for her. (laughs) Please. Um, We have the Ahsoka book, which I want to read, even though it's a young adult. I still want to read it. Um, also coming out is Star Wars Insider number 70, 179, which I already, if, if you're a subscriber, you already got it early. And yes, subscriber covers have porgs on them. Uh, and then Sweet. two, and then two comics are coming out. Star Wars number 44 and, uh, Star Wars Adventures number seven. So 
and seven seems to be a little bit more rebels based with uh, the crew of the ghost and hondo making a return so cool that's that book wise any final thoughts that we haven't covered nope I think that's just about it. I'm definitely looking forward to next week's um, Star Wars Rebels. It's going to be great to see what we, how they finish this off. Well, we um, we know Episode Nine. John Williams is working on. Uh, there's rumor that after Episode Nine, he's done. That he's going to fully retire, at least from the Star Wars movies, but most likely fully retire from from the movies in general. Well, no, he's still expected to come back for at least one more Indiana Jones movie. And he has another Spielberg movie already lined up after episode nine. Okay. So, but it doesn't, it's. But that, um, that's going to be it for Star gonna, Wars. Yeah. It's not a surprise he's going to step back from Star Wars and everything else because he's already 86. By the time he gets the next two movies done, he'll be probably just about 90. And at that point, I, it's, I hate to say it this way, but it's the only way he could, that, um, he's looking at, he's got a whole lot more years behind him than in front of him. Yeah. Mm. So it's hard to make commitments when you don't know if you're going to be there to fulfill them. Right. <laughs> now mm-hmm. he he is doing one thing for solo, but it's not him doing the soundtrack. Correct. Yeah, he's doing. He wrote the Han Solo theme for the solo movie. Okay. Because that's the one original character, original um, trilogy character that never had their own theme. If you go back to the original soundtracks, there is no Han Solo, solo theme, theme that's specifically for him. Right. Mm. Luke has his own theme. Leia has her own theme. Obi-Wan and Yoda had their own themes. Vader does. The Millennium Falcon had its own theme. Han and Leia had a theme, but not Han by himself. The Ewoks <clears throat> had a theme. They had a couple of them. Yeah. So, uh, anything else? Nope. Then, on that note... Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.